As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is your internet keeping up? It's time to upgrade your home with Verizon Home Internet with plans starting at just $25 a month and leave surprise price hikes and hidden fees behind. Get fast and reliable internet for an incredible price with Verizon. Ditch cable and switch to Verizon Home Internet starting at $25 a month with auto pay and select 5G mobile plans. Availability varies. Plans start at $25 a month when combined with existing select 5G mobile plans and auto pay and paper-free billing. Fios requires mobile and home discount enrollment. $99 Fios setup charge may apply. Visit verizon.com home to learn more about 5G home, LTE home, and Fios. Welcome to the Blackhawks Talk Podcast. I am Charlie Romeliotis. I am with James Naveau. We are in the NBC Sports Chicago studio, powered by PointsBet. James, it's good to see you in person, man. How we doing? I can touch you and actually see you. This is crazy, man. And we can actually interrupt each other while not having some sort of little <laughs> weird delay. lag that makes Tony Gill, our podcast producer, go absolutely insane. This and is... also, we don't have to go around and wonder whose bad connection it is. Is it yours? <laughs> is it mine? Is it Pat's? Uh, we don't have to throw each other under the bus. And so, you know what? It's a fun thing to do, but I'd rather mm-hmm. talk hockey. That's, Let's I think, what it. we're here for. We are coming off a, a 5 nothing victory against the Ottawa Senators, the, the Blackhawks, behind a really strong performance by Alex Stalock. Mm-hmm. Uh, 38-35 save shutout, second shutout of the season. James, I was looking this up before, or actually mentioned it in my piece. Alex Stalock ranks fifth in the entire NHL in save percentage, 921 among goaltenders that have at least 15 appearances. I mean, he's been spectacular when healthy. The problem is he ain't been healthy all the time. Right. And it was just that variety of issues too. It was like the concussion and then it was the inability to track the puck. And now all of a sudden he's back and he's better than ever. And Hey, you know, I know that this is kind of a one-off thing with him. Most likely probably going to get an opportunity somewhere else. If he can prove he can stay healthy, but Hey, at least it gives us something really exciting to watch as we're kind of getting to know some of the newer guys on this black Blackhawks roster. It was really cool watching him just dominate last night wasn't there a stat that suggested he should have given up like three goals last night and he gave up none i'm bad at the advanced metrics thing so if you know please save me as i flounder here (laughs) no no i i you're you're totally right that the ottawa senators their expected goals so the way expected goals is basically a a, you know if you have a a a chance a high quality scoring Mm -hmm. chance from the inner slot it's it's like a 30 percent chance of going in whereas if you you know shoot a a puck from the point it's probably like a five percent chance right right so the uh, you tally up all those numbers and Alex Stalock saved 3.08 specifically goals above expected yeah, sounds which is pretty good. which is unbelievable. I think yeah. like it's really good if they have if the goaltender has like 0.3. <laughs> I mean Alex Stalock saved 3 goals above expected which is absolutely ridiculous and I, and I was looking at this too. So I didn't know that I didn't know that this was a thing until a few months ago but Hockey reference keeps a stat that's called quality start. Mm. We hear that in pitching, right? Sure. For for in Major League Baseball, but a quality start in hockey for goaltenders is a game where a goaltender finishes with a save percentage that's above the league average mm-hmm. or at least an 885 save percentage in games with 20 or fewer shots. Hmm. Number 1 in the league, goaltenders among uh with at least 10 starts. 
Number one in the league, Linus Allmark, probably going to win the Vezina, right? Most likely. Number two is Philip Gustafson, who has been on an absolute tear for Minnesota. Yep. Number three, this is quality starts save percentage, <laughs> not quality starts. Number three, Alex Daylock. Give him the Vesna right now. Just I give mean, it to him, guys. You know what I, I was thinking, too, after the game when he had that shutout? I was thinking, what if the trade deadline was this Friday, not last Friday? You think there would have been a team that would have jumped up been and been like, hey, we'll yeah. give you something. I think there would have been a market for him because he's making league minimum, essentially. And yeah. there wasn't really a goaltending market. There weren't a lot of goaltenders moved at this trade deadline. <laughs> except but, Anton Hudobin. Yeah, except <laughs> Anton Hudobin, who's kind of in in the middle. Uh, there's no, He's not... With the Blackhawks, he's with Rockford, but he's probably not going to play with Rockford. So, oh, he's not. I thought they. I thought the plan was that he had to be the backup to Soderblom down there. <laughs> so, I honestly feel like that there would have been a market for for Stalock just because he he came at a at a cheap cap hit or he comes at a keep cheap cap hit. But yeah, he's been so good for the Blackhawks that you almost, you know, he's almost messing up a few things for them, right? <laughs> I mean. There's just literally been this like never ending cavalcade of guys who are screwing up the rebuild. Like I know the Blackhawks right now are I think in second on Tankathon. Like they're really close to Columbus. Finally have the same number of games as the Blue Jackets, so we don't mm-hmm. have to do that point percentage thing right now. But yeah, I think this team the arrow's not necessarily pointed up right now with this current incarnation of the Blackhawks. <laughs> so come on, Staylock. Get with the program here, dude. Another guy that had a really good game. Seth Jones obviously extended his goal streak to, to three games. He has four goals in his last three games, so in that little stretch. He almost scored a hat-trick. He almost completed the hat-trick in the third period. He he just missed uh, at the door. Well, he didn't miss. He, he was stopped at the doorstep. But he, I think he would have been the fourth Hawk ever, fourth defenseman yeah. ever in the Blackhawks history to, to record a hat-trick. So I'm sure he really wanted that one. But the guy I want to highlight is Anders Bjork. Yeah. The Blackhawks made nine trade deadline moves. <laughs> And he was probably the guy that just flew totally under the radar. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Because it happened, um, you know, the the day before deadline day. But he's he's been making a, a solid, strong impression. Impression. Three primary assists against Ottawa. Do you know how many assists he had all of last season with uh, with Buffalo in fifty eight games? I do not know off the top of my head. Three assists. Me. <laughs> so Typical. He matched his assist total from last season in in basically two periods. Yep. And. He had a breakaway in the game, so he could have scored a goal. He was denied. And he also set up Mackenzie Entwistle uh, later in the third period. And Mackenzie Entwistle was denied. But it was a high-quality scoring chance. Mm-hmm. He legitimately could have had five or six points in the game. Like, he was he was really good for, for Chicago. So Who needs Patrick Kane when you've got Anders Bjork? That's clearly the message that we need to send here. Uh, at, like I was saying with Staylock, if the deadline was here on Friday, they could have probably flipped... Bjork too. Flipped him. No, well, they got him for what future considerations yeah right? so it was essentially a bag of hockey pucks <laughs> yeah well hey you know what it may have been three bags of hockey pucks <laughs> if buffalo had known he was going to play like this yeah so he had a really solid game so it's obviously nice to see with the blackhawks acquired some of these players anders bjork nikita zaitsev andreas england to kind of give those guys some some bigger opportunity and and bjork is already taking advantage for sure but one other thing i want to highlight it coming from blackhawks practice on tuesday is james it's finally happening. Uh-oh, what finally happened? Lucas Reichel on the top oh, power yes. play unit. I saw your tweet. It was yep. very messianic, I think is the way you described that. Like, <laughs> you were like, hallelujah. It was v- very well said by you. Well, you it's you just, were so excited. It was a little confusing because the Blackhawks traded Patrick Kane. They traded Max Domi. They, they, they basically traded all these pieces up front, and 
the first game back, Lucas Reichel is not on the first power play unit. It was just very confusing. And the Hawks are going through some some power play struggles right now. And they actually changed up their entry. Remember there was with uh, last year, it was Kanan Dabrinkit. They would have the two man. Um, they would Kanan Dabrinkit would, would both come with speed and they would kind of play off each other. Yep. They actually totally got rid of that because there's no Patrick Kane. I was going to say who on the team has the speed right. and the hockey or the puck handling to actually do that. Now? Right. So the, you're going to see a different zone entry on the on the power play for Chicago in the you know obviously on Wednesday when they next play but I like Luke Richardson his philosophy about he, he basically put Lucas Reichel Philip Kurashev Andreas Athanasiu on the first power play unit those three are aligned together at five on five yeah and then the second unit Taylor Radish Tyler Johnson and Cole Gutman they're going to make up the second unit so it it's two balanced units but it's also three forwards that also play on a line together but Let's rejoice that Lucas Reichel is the guy on the first power play unit, not the second, because he actually in the game the other night, um, like I was watching and he was getting like 25 seconds of power play time. You know, finally, yeah. now he's going to get like the, the minute and a half that he can actually kind of flourish and maybe build some confidence too. if there's a time to take the training wheels off of Lucas Reichel, it's probably going to be right about now. And I know he's probably going to get beat up a little bit based on the current status of the roster. Obviously not a ton of veterans here right now, but if you're going to give him an opportunity to get those first power play minutes in this particular season, you have to do it. And frankly, if he's going to be up here at the NHL level, he needs to be playing in those situations because that's where you anticipate him being next season and beyond. And I think that Luke Richardson finally, like sometimes Luke, the most obvious solution <laughs> is the one you should go with. And I feel like putting Lucas Reichel, arguably one of your most dynamic offensive players on that top power play unit. That's <laughs> exactly what you need to be doing. Lucas Reichel looks like a different player, too. He, he is skating sure. with confidence. Mm-hmm. And even when there's stuff that's not happening on the ice, you can see that he is he's very confident within himself. And he he feel it feels like he's gotten faster, too. Mm-hmm. Right. He's not afraid to get to be a little bit physical on the board, like going into some board battles, too, uh, which has really impressed me. Um, so I like the way that he's he's progressed. And I, I talked to him, too, right after practice. We were asking him about um how being on the first power play can affect his confidence. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you get more puck touches, right? And especially yeah. a, a player of his caliber, if things aren't going well at five on five, you're getting those puck touches on the power play and maybe you pick up an assist. Maybe you're, you're, you score a goal and that's when you can, that confidence can filter into the even strength game. So uh, finally, a good decision. <laughs> Lucas Reichel is on so the first So what you mean to tell unit. me is that after 11 games last season, Lucas Reichel might actually be good. Like that wasn't what we were going to see from him was the one point in 11 games last season. Mind blown. And I like him better on the wing too. Okay. He he definitely is better than, but I like that he's (laughs) developing as a center in Rockford because he's, He's developing those defensive tendencies, you want, yeah, right? Absolutely. You want the guy yeah. to be able to slot in if he needs to take a face off. If the Blackhawks have an injury that occurs during the course of a game, you want that flexibility. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I love that you mentioned the defensive responsibility part of it. There's really no better way to learn that as a forward than to actually play that center spot because so much of the defensive scheme ends up running through you when you're in that spot. So you learn so much about where to position yourself on the ice and how to best kind of short circuit at rushes so yeah you're absolutely right that's a perfect spot for him let's do some quick injury updates before we get to what we're looking for post trade deadline Andreas Anglin he left Monday's game in the second period um, it was originally called a lower body injury and then Luke Richardson explained uh, 
later today at practice that it was a hamstring injury, which is a very bizarre injury for a hockey seems player. very uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he's not going to be on this road trip, so he's not going to play at all the, these next three games. I think that's unfortunate because you finally get to a new team. You want to get acclimated into a new system. And Absolutely. With your teammates. And now he's obviously he's going to be out. Um, Austin Wagner, he was also the buzzer beater trade deadline edition <laughs> on Friday. Um, he's with the Blackhawks, but apparently he was dealing with an injury prior to being acquired and he had like a little flare up, I guess it was some sort of, uh, his injury became effect, uh, infected. Hmm. Um, the Hawks, obviously they knew this apparently going in. Yeah. When this they were wasn't acquiring something him. that was breaking. To right. Them, yeah. So, um, it looks like he was seeing doctors today on Tuesday and they're going to get a little bit more answers on the timeline. So, um, and then Jonathan Taves, um, Luke Richardson said on Saturday, I believe it was, he thought the timeline was going to be a little bit earlier for him to get on the ice. He's still not on the ice, obviously with the team, right. uh, but he has continued to be working out uh, off ice and they're hoping that he's going to get to the next step soon. Right. I think this is not something obviously the Blackhawks particularly want to rush. Right. Did you just look at your arm? You don't have a watch. I, there was essentially me saying like, well, <laughs> clock's ticking, dude. If like he's going to be, you know, not on the ice until mid to late March, like there's not a ton of season left. Like, is there an incentive perhaps to shut him down? I know they, what they probably want to do is they probably want him back on the ice in Chicago to get that send off from the fans. If indeed he leaves via free agency, but I mean, sometimes circumstances are just going to work against you. So I'm wondering how long of a leash they, they're going to give him. Yeah, and I think for Jonathan, too, the fact that he missed, like two years ago, he missed the whole season with this illness. Yep. It took him a year to really kind of get going. Like, he had obviously a down year. And then this year, he was bouncing back. Like, he got off to that hot start. He was scoring goals. And now he hasn't played, you know, since since January 28th. For him, too, as a pending UFA... He says he wants to continue playing after this year. Um, What's the market even going to look like for that? That's what I'm saying. Like for him, he, I, I feel like there's got to be some sort of sense of urgency. Uh, I'm not saying he's he's got to rush himself back, but sure. I'm sure internally he feels like, man, I, I got to get back out there because if I do want to play beyond this year, I got to still show to teams that I can still play and I can still be an effective player. And you don't want that. Uh, uh, gray area around right. Tay. Like, what's his health status? Is he going to be okay? So, I'm sure he's kind of feeling that too. With with five weeks to go in the regular season, do you think there's any sort of possibility that he was trying to rush himself back in the first place before the trade deadline, and that's what kind of caused everything to kind of snowball and keep him off the ice? Is that something that the team has addressed? Has there been any inkling of that? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think it's just more Jonathan trying to be patient with it and, and not wanting to rush this back, right. you know, rush things. And so. unfortunately, it sounds like this is not one of those things that you're actually able to kind of rush and, you know, bulldoze your way through because your body just won't let you. So right. definitely worth keeping an eye on that situation. And hopefully we can see number 19 back out on the ice before the end of this season for the reasons I kind of got into, which is you do want him to have that send off if indeed this is the end of the road for him in Chicago. Hey, did you know you could win big with NBC Sports Chicago and Coors Light? Uh, yes, but only because my bosses keep telling me this. How, do, how does that work? <laughs> Just enter the scratch and score sweepstakes for your chance to enter to win two sweet tickets to a hockey game and more. Enter at NBCSportsChicago.com slash sweepstakes. There you go, James. Got the plug. More like Got the, the sweepstakes. Am I right? <laughs> am I right? <laughs> Let's move on to the, the, the topic that we really want to get to. Thank you for glossing over that part. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I actually did miss that. Um, 
five weeks left in the regular season. We're beyond the trade deadline. There's no Patrick Kane. Jonathan Taves is not on the ice. The, the watchability factor for the Blackhawks right now is probably at an all-time low, right, in yeah. this over the last 15 years. What can fans watch? What, what are you going to be watching for these final 19, 20 games where it can be like, all right, this is something we can, you know, keep an eye on until April 13th. When I don't know, New York Rangers ends. insider, you tell me. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's one option, uh, that's, DVR Ranger games. Hey, you know what? It is slightly an option for the Blackhawks because, remember, conference final, first-round picks. So yep. watch the Kane-Panarin relationship kind of develop. You get that element of it, and then you have a little bit of a rooting interest in what's going to be a bloodbath in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Maybe the Rangers should be on that list just a little <laughs> bit, though. There are specific things for the Blackhawks that Wait, I think before people you go, before need you go to on, look to. The uh, I was thinking about this. Remember last year the the um with the the Seth Jones trade with Columbus, where if the Blackhawks had gotten inside the top three last year, their first round pick would have been moved to this year. Yeah, would have conveyed. Yeah, could you imagine Columbus would have the best odds at landing Connor Bedard oh. and Adam Fantilli this year? Can but they would have found a way to screw it up. You know this, right? Right. <laughs> right. So, so, okay, sorry. Any team that signs Johnny Gaudreau to an eight-year contract <laughs> and then colossally flops on their faces deserves criticism. Come at me, Columbus. I love your city, but your hockey team needs some work. But it got me thinking, because you brought up the the condition on the, the Rangers. If the Rangers go to the Eastern Conference Final, the Blackhawks get the 2024 first-round pick from New York. Mm-hmm. But... That I believe that's top 10 protected. So if that 2024 first round pick jumps inside the top 10, that first round pick goes to 2025. The other condition is on the Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty deal with Toronto, where I believe the 2024 or yeah, 2024 is the first is lottery protected or something like that. And that would the first round pick would also go to 2025. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if the Blackhawks lucked out in some sort of way where I think this happened to Colorado too, where in the Matt Duchesne trade, or it was, I think it might've been with Ottawa where they got Brady Kachuk essentially for free because yeah. right. Number four overall, that was Colorado's first round pick or, or I can't remember how, how the trade went down, but it was essentially, they got Brady Kachuk for free. Like, could you imagine if she, <laughs> if the Blackhawks get lucky like that, where they get a first round pick in 2025, whether it's the Rangers or the Maple Leafs, and it ends up turning out to be a, a top, Here's the plan. Take away Austin Matthews from Toronto, sign him in Chicago, (laughs) get them real bad, and then their 2025 pick, when it conveys to the Blackhawks, top five or something like that. There. You know what? Playing chess instead of checkers. That's it. So that is one thing. (laughs) I didn't mean to interrupt you on on your, uh, at at the the point you were trying to make, but you made me think that put, that put, that Rangers pick can potentially go to 2025. And then the the Maple Leafs pick can also go to 2025. And then the Blackhawks are just like, whoa, we just got free yeah. high picks if the Rangers and Maple Leafs aren't competitive in those years. That's, so we'll the, that's a gigantic if, though. It's a, it's an if for, I think it's an if for the, the Rangers. But the, the Maple Leafs, it's, it's possible because John Tavares is going to be, whatever, 34, 35 yeah. years old. M- Matthews, I think Matthews is going to resign in Toronto. I but, definitely think he's you know, going to resign. I still think that if he, for whatever reason, doesn't, that bidding war is going to be nuts. Watch the Maple Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup in 2025, and it's going to be the 32nd overall pick, and we're going to be we're going to look like fools. You're hurting me. Anyway, go go on to your your larger point, Luke. Uh, well, first, like obviously that part of it, you watch the Rangers, but I think on a more serious note, Blackhawks related, 
Lucas Reichel has to be like one number one for that list, right? Like he's, as you said, going to be moving to the first power play unit, playing some really solid hockey lately. I think that he's showing a lot of the skill set that he could potentially bring to the table in the top six in the coming seasons. I'm absolutely watching him like a hawk for as long as he's going to be in Chicago. I think that that's easily right there something that I would pay attention to is the way Lucas Reichel is developing because I think he's going to be a really key element to kind of transitioning from the rebuilding phase to kind of the ascent phase if this is going to work in the favor of the Blackhawks I think he's a huge key and this is a great uh, start to that run nothing else matters for the rest of the year than how Lucas Reichel is developing whether it's with Chicago whether it's in Rockford I, I totally agree and that's why I think we've been banging our the desk uh, that he should be on the first power play unit is yeah. because the rest of the season should be about his development. Like if he's progressing really nicely, that sets themselves up really in a really good position for next year and beyond. Right. Yeah. My question is, I don't know how long he's going to be here with the Blackhawks. Like they obviously made no the paper clue. transaction, right? No clue. Yeah. He, he's eligible to go back to Rockford and I'm sure they're going to want him for some playoff experience down there and especially playing with some of the guys that they do have in their minor league system right now. It sort of makes sense to move him down there just for that. But if he's playing like this at the NHL level, that's got to be tough for them to go, you know, we're going to go ahead and send him down anyway. Yeah, and they're not, the Blackhawks are not as terrible as we thought they were going to be like they're still uh, no 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 standings wise yeah. they are but in games they're they're like still competitive like i think yeah. they're one of the league leaders in like one goal games no like they were super competitive there, even before right? they made all the trades i'm just saying dude another shoe is dropping now that we're past trade deadline there's only so far spunk and enthusiasm is going to get you in the nhl and the blackhawks do have some tough games coming up so it isn't like they're going to be coasting to the finish i I totally agree, and let me be the first to say that I I think I said this on whatever, December or whatever he was here. It all blends together, man. Yeah, when when he was up here the first time and got sent down, is like he after the trade deadline is probably the worst time to have Reichel up here because there's going to be no one to play with. So I totally agree, but it, it and and they have a tough schedule coming up too, like you just mentioned. Florida, Tampa Bay, I yeah. mean, you don't want him... <clears throat> what was it? The game right after they sent him down, it was the Seattle game and they lost eight to five, oh, but got, it was like, just got the blitzkrieg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, well, that probably would have been a horrible <laughs> game for Reichel to be part of. Um, Gotta love the confidence building in a game like that. I talked to Reichel. Um, it was after practice on, it was, I can't remember at all. Like you said, all the days are blending yeah. in, whether it was Saturday or whatever. Welcome to 2023. It all blends together. <laughs> I, I asked him specifically how he felt when he went down to Rockford after that stint, that three game stint where he performed really well. Mm -hmm. And he said he was actually, he felt like a weight lifted off his shoulders because mm -hmm. he, he's like, every time I, I had come up to the NHL prior to that, I wasn't producing and I felt pressure every time Every time I came up, um, so like the first time he came up, he didn't produce. Then he felt more pressure the second time, didn't produce. Then the, the third time he felt even more pressure because he still wasn't producing. When he finally produced, he was like, I went back to Rockford and, and I kind of was able to just drop my shoulders. Now, it doesn't, you look at his numbers when he got sent back down, they don't look great, but I think the entire team really struggled. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's reflective of Lucas and, and his demeanor or how, if he had a pouty attitude, like that he most certainly did not. It was more like, Oh, okay. Finally, I, I know I can produce at the NHL level. Right. Um. So that was that was nice to hear from coming from him saying, yeah, I felt the pressure. And when I finally 
did produce, I was able to kind of relax when I went back down to Rockford. Genuinely curious how the Blackhawks are going to handle that. They really haven't revealed their cards in that situation yet, but with some of the games that they have coming up, like you would not be shocked to see him eventually move back down. But man, if he's going to keep playing like he has been recently... That's going to be a tough decision. You do, you wonder then if that maybe impacts his confidence a little bit. Like, okay, we know you're playing well at the NHL level. We're going to plug you back into Rockford. We'd rather have you play down there. Like, there's logic to it. But you also don't want to get sent down if you're playing well either because you don't want to, like, even subconsciously view it as some sort of a punishment or a tanking strategy. Like, I think that could maybe mess with the psyche of a player. And I'm curious to see if the Blackhawks are going to maybe take that into consideration a little bit. I feel like it wouldn't affect his confidence if the Blackhawks are transparent about, hey, we want you playing in the in the Calder Cup playoffs. Right. We want you to be the top guy down there. I, I think it would be different if they went into the season and they weren't really communicating what their plan is for him. But I think Lucas is trusting that the Blackhawks have his long-term development in his best interest. And so he's putting their trust in him. And I think the Blackhawks are communicating to him what their plan is for him. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think Luke is being sent back to the AHL by the end of the season for him to participate in the, the Calder Cup playoff run. I don't think that's really going to blindside him in any no. way and really affect his and I confidence. Mean, we would love the transparency for our sake, but as long as they're being honest with him, I think that's all that really matters. Right. And I think it is ultimately, I said <clears throat> this from day one, like I think he should spend the majority of the season in Rockford. I think he should play in these, those meaningful games down there. Um, just, just away from the NHL level too, like out of the spotlight, just get stronger. Um, he, he, he performed pretty nicely last postseason they had the little play-in tournament right and then they also and then they faced the Chicago Wolves and the Chicago Wolves were just such they a were good a team buzz saw last and year. it was basically Lucas Reichler bust yep last year they, they didn't have they didn't have depth offensively so they didn't have their gusts and all those guys yeah. now and Lucas actually played it he, he was really good in, in game one I believe he scored a goal in game one yep. uh, against the Chicago Wolves and so it, it'll be a nice learning lesson for him to go in Rockford and, and know how to navigate okay the this the opponents are going to try to shut me down. How can I work? How can I try to find my way? Yeah, and st and make an impact in the playoffs. The AHL playoffs, by the way. Do you have any idea how that's structured? Like I've been meaning to look this up, but apparently, like ten teams from one division make the playoffs, and it's a little weird, man. I'm gonna have to really uh, brush up on that stuff. It's almost like the how we keep talking about the NHL playoffs <laughs> or the Stanley Cup. At least playoffs. there's a rhyme or a reason to that. It's eight teams per conference. This is the Pacific division has 14 teams. And so 12 of the, it's like, <laughs> and they play fewer games and it's just, bleh, it's all weird, dude. Yeah. But anyway, you know what? We need to talk not in Lucas Reichel stuff. Is there anything non Lucas Reichel that you're looking forward to? Well, the only thing that I was going to say, and I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest is I'm literally going to be standings watching for the next five weeks. Oh. I mean, that's exactly right. The, mm -hmm. the Blackhawks subtracted Patrick Kane. They subtracted Max Domi. All these other teams, Columbus, they didn't really subtract. Do you much think there's ever going to be a podcast, by the way, we don't bring up Patrick Kane for the rest of the season? Probably not. I, you know what? I, I'm going to take that bet. I'm going to try to like make it an entire episode without saying his name. Okay. We'll see how this goes. We got to get a, We got to get a jar here and, and maybe points battle sponsor every, that too. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Put the, a, the Patrick Kane jar. Put a yes. quarter every time we say Patrick Kane. <laughs> we'll make Kane. some like heinously stupid bet at the end of the season just based on that. I love this idea. Oh, yes. man. 
So are you going to be standings watching as much as I am these next five weeks? Dude, I'm... I'm over standings watching. I am looking positive. I'm looking forward. Not to say that you are, you know, being Mr. Pessimist and Dower. Connor and Bedard stuff. is positive. I, I completely <laughs> agree. But I also want the on ice product to be something that I'm like actively watching and not like feeling sad about things. So I'm looking at the the RFAs, dude. Like the pending RFAs, I think are going to be interesting for the Blackhawks. They've got some decisions to make, specifically with Philip Kurishev and Caleb Jones. Like those are I know, like, those are not the most, you know, crazy names, but Phil Kurashev could have a decent-sized role on this team next season, depending on what they end up doing in the trade market and in free agency. I'm going to be looking at him pretty closely, and then I am going to look at some of the newer guys, including Bjork. I think that's an important one. If they can get Austin Wagner on the ice at some point, maybe give him a look. And then, oh, yeah, there's a dude named Ian Mitchell that's going to be an RFA, too. So I'm surprised he didn't get moved. I me, too. Me too. I'm stunned yeah. by that. I thought for sure he was going to. So I think that, I, I know, like, again, Philip Kurashev, you're not putting that on a marquee. I totally understand that. But he still could play a decent sized role on this team next season. And I think it's worth it to pay attention to his development, see how he looks now that he's kind of going to be their one of their main drivers of offense down the stretch. I have a question. Do you think Philip Kurashev is going to be part of the Blackhawks team when they are contenders again? Uh, I think we all figure that Seth Jones is going to be here. Kind of, yeah. And, and it feels like Kurashev is the only other guy that could potentially see the rebuild on the other side and be part of the lineup. I think it depends on what they want to do with him contractually. If they want to go year by year, I think that that chance pretty much diminishes and you can kind of see where the Blackhawks are in terms of their thinking with him. But if they're like, look, we're going to give you like a three-year deal, kind of like a Brandon Hagelish deal, mm -hmm. where it's like three years, like 1.5 million or something like that. I could see him sticking around for that, and I could see him trying to diversify his game and be able to be that middle six forward that's going to provide them some good value. And so long as they don't then trade that player as they've shown a propensity to do, <laughs> I could see him doing that. If that's going to be the trajectory and the cost, I can make an argument for it. So that's actually where I was going to go. I, I think that Philip Kurashev, if you drop Philip Kurashev on, on Tampa Bay or on Toronto, or I don't, I don't think he's going to be a top six player. I don't right? think he's, I don't think he's that Brandon Hagel level. If we're being completely honest. Yeah. So I think what I would do if I was Chicago is I, I would try to get him on a very team friendly contract. Like you mentioned, maybe a three year deal or it's in, in the, in between 1.5 and $2.5 million. Mm -hmm. And he could potentially be an asset that you flip because Max Domi, Patrick Kane, Sam Lafferty, Jake McCabe, all those players at the black that had value for the Chicago all the heavy lifting is done. Like, I don't see a player on the roster that would fetch the Blackhawks a first-round pick. The only other guy is Philip Kurashev. What about Connor Murphy? I, I think, I don't know if he would fetch a first-round pick. Think, I think the boat has sailed on him getting a first-round pick. I think you're right. Yeah, and I think maybe we'll get a better idea of next year for him when his contract kind of becomes more manageable. Because it, three years out is, is pretty... Yeah, you know, it, it, you say it's manageable and then all I think of is Toronto getting Jake McCabe for like two point two million dollars and I just get all fidgety. And and here's here's the well, what will probably make you fidgety, too, is because his his contract is one year longer than Jake McCabe's. So if the Blackhawks want to be contenders by, you know, year three or four, they're not going to want to have McCabe and Murphy. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess just 
Connor Murphy retaining salary, right? Right. Like if you wanted to retain salary, you don't want to retain. So I don't know. I, I don't. Hey, they may want to retain salary since uh, Keith's recapture penalty is going to be significantly reduced next season. Yeah, but but they might want to by year three, they might want to or like the last year of Connor Murphy's contract. They're, they're probably going to want to be adding players. And well, yeah, so, because when they have Austin Matthews, they're not going to have to do all this <laughs> salary retention stuff. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You won't let that go. Never. That's funny. Until he re-signs in Toronto, that is going to be the drum I'm constantly going to be. Besides, I already lost a Dylan Larkin scenario, so <laughs> let me have this, okay? <laughs> but for, for Khrushchev, like I think of like the next good, really good Blackhawks team, and I think whoever the first-round pick is going to be this year, whether it's Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, yeah. whoever, then I think of Frank Nazar, and I think of who the Blackhawks have in the pipe, Lucas Reichel, and they also have, you know, Ryan Green and all these players that are coming up in the pipeline. And it's like, there might not be room for Philip Kurashev. Yeah. So if I, were, if I were the Blackhawks, I would assign him to an extension. And then next year, I'm playing him in a top six role, first power play unit. What PK choice are time. you going to have, man? Look at the free agent list for next year. Yeah. Like, what? You're basically going to be able to have a shot at Max Domi again? Like, that's... Right. Pretty much it, man. And if Khrushchev flirts with 30 goals next year and he's flirting with 55 points, 60 points. You said that that a little suggestively when you were like flirting. I was like, (laughs) wow, dude. Because I don't want to be on record saying when when he gets 70 or 80 points. (laughs) (laughs) You you heard it here first, folks. Philip Khrushchev, 80 points next season. Go cash your tickets in. So, so yeah, I think that's what what I'll be watching. Obviously, the, the pending RFAs, Lucas Reichel, Stanning's watching. Yeah. It's all going to, you know, come together. A little Seth Jones, I think, for me, too, just because I think he's been playing better lately. I think that his defensive metrics need to bump up a little bit, but offensively, he's been dynamic. I've really enjoyed watching him this season. For sure. Got anything else? No, I think that's pretty much uh, covered everything. I made fun of you, got my <laughs> hockey viewpoints out. Got your Austin Matthews Everything's uh, my, lo- my love, once again, has been laid on the table for him. Yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> We checked every box. <laughs> we even mentioned Patrick Kane. What? Where's the char? We need yeah, the, char. Where's the char. Good stuff. Uh, that'll, that's going to do it for this edition of the Blackhawks Talk Podcast. For James, Charlie, don't forget to rate us, review us, subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on the Blackhawks Talk Podcast.